Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 143 of Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are talking DMV sports and beyond. Happy New Year. Hope all is well. I think we did our, our New Year introduction last week, but eh, who fucking cares? Now, now it's really into the uh, into the New Year, and uh, college football is dead and gone. Uh, we got the transfer portal, all that shit to talk about. But it is going to be mostly football again today. Got big news in the DMV for your Washington Commanders. We will preview the NFL Wild Card Weekend and what that could mean for the Ravens potentially next week in their matchup. Um, and then with whatever time left, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit of uh, caps and maybe some turfs basketball as well. So welcome to Wings, Beers, and Tears, all your DMV sports download in one-stop shopping. What's going on, Jerry? How are you, man? Man, a lot of talk about today. Dude, there's it's no, good to, no it's, shortage of topics, eh? It's going to make the podcast go by fast. That's right, man. Well, let's do it. Let's get right into it. So before we get to the NFL, which is, <laughs> I say it all the time on here, but it is king, man. It is the sport king. Um, <clears throat> before we get into that, because there is a shit ton to, to download uh, uh, breaking news today, pretty much, but also you know what the commanders have done here recently, and um, uh, but we're going to... First, put a real quick cap on the college football season. So we did our predictions last week. The college football national championship game was this past Monday. Uh, Michigan is your 2023-2024 national champion. Whether or not you think they're a bunch of cheaters, they probably are, but they're one of many, I'm sure. Um, whether or not you like Jim Harbaugh, I think it's been discussed on this podcast. We don't like him. However... He's got a juggernaut there in Michigan. He dude, finally got over dude the hump. fucking wins wherever he goes. Yep, and they got it done, man. And and uh, that Washington team is very, very good. Yeah, and Michigan absolutely was in control in that game. Well, yeah, I mean, Michigan won 34-13. There were some opportunities. I don't think it was as uh, lopsided as a score. I agree with that. Um, I just think that Michael Penix uh, was rattled by the pressure. That mm-hmm. Michigan brought, yep. and I think Michigan's defensive line, uh, Chris Jenkins from Good Counsel is one of them. Ninety four, that kid fifty five, and the kid seventy eight. They were just pretty much unblockable yeah. all year. Yeah, man. I mean, we we talked about it all year. You you said it weeks ago, probably a month ago, when the uh, when the 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 brackets came out for the bowl games and everything, and you said. Maybe Michigan's just the best team in the country. I think they are just the and, best team in the country. I, I think they just proved it. Yeah. I, I will I will just as we're putting this to bed, I don't want to lament too much, but I will say I think we were robbed of a true Michigan Georgia final because I believe that those were the best teams. Right. And I think that that game would have been a possible instant classic. Yeah. But 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 you have say to say Lavi, right? Yeah, you have to say though that um I mean Alabama, who's to say that Alabama wasn't better than Georgia? They beat them. Um and at that point you're really talking about two of the best teams in the country going at it. So, yeah. Um obviously Georgia dismantled Florida State, but I don't know. I, I still think Michigan just overall was the more solid team. Uh they had the best lines, mm-hmm. offense and defense. Um and, you know, they their schemes are really good. They're really well coached. I don't like Jim Harbaugh at all, but um they're really organized, they're really well coached. Um, they even made mistakes, but they were able to get away from them yep. and, and get back on track. So, Yeah, I would say the only blemish in that entire game that I saw as a fan was they were, they were very much in control of that game. Washington really couldn't do much. And then Michigan went for it on fourth down late second quarter and got stopped, mm-hmm. and Washington went right down and scored. Right. And that made that a game. And that right. gave Washington, like you said, in the third quarter – that game was a seesaw battle a little bit. You know, you're thinking, hey, they're one play away from being right back into right. this thing. I mean, Washington's um, wide receivers are amazing. They're incredible. And they were running down the field. The problem was that I saw that Penix was rattled and he mm-hmm. couldn't get the ball. He didn't have enough time, the time that he was used to having, to let those uh, routes develop and get the ball there. Um, was it Herb Street that did the game? Yeah. Okay, he, he, did a, he always does a really good job, by the way. Um, Again, whether you like him or not, he's awesome. Um, he had a nice little breakdown on Penix uh, in the third quarter, and he was showing how most of his throws in that championship game were on his back foot. Right. And all season, he's like, he has not been on his back foot all season. I think and, and that's, that's that, that, to what you were saying earlier. You don't always have to hit the quarterback, but you just got to get there. You got to get in the area. 
I think. I mean, I still think he's a, a very good player, and oh, I, st- no doubt. I still think he'll be drafted in the first two rounds. But I do think this drops his stock a little bit because this is the type of in-your-face pressure that the pros will do to him. Bingo. Um, you know, the best thing for him, just like the best thing for a lot of players, is to get drafted late in the late later part of the first round because you're going to better teams. Yeah. Right. And presumably he will get drafted in the in the later round later portion of the first round um, or the top of the second. Um, hopefully for him, he can go somewhere where he can maybe be able to sit a year, learn, see the speed, um, and then progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these things are fucking crapshoots. Oh, dude, right? it's 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 literally a, a game of roulette. You just don't know what you're going to get, you know, no matter how much work you do. Um, so, yeah, so, hey, congrats to Michigan. I And... Nick Saban retired, and they just hired the Washington coach. So it's good. I know DeBoer. I that know. guy, I didn't, I didn't know much about him before this year. That guy's never had a bad team. I know. Like he's always like one loss, one loss. He'll dominate at Alabama. Well, and that's just it. I think Alabama was smart because they swooped in right away and got the hot guy, and he was going to be on everybody's radar. Any big job that opened up, and they just went. This is the premier job, and here is your salary, and you're coming here. Well, and he went. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I will accept. You know, <laughs> I'm staying. I'm staying until Alabama offers, and then I'm going. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what you've always said, man. You're like loyalty's great, but you're like you, you got to look at the big picture. When somebody comes over there with essentially yeah. a blank check and life changing money and advancement, you have to. You when have to he said that. after the championship i'm not going anywhere this is where i want to be that was a true statement yeah. because at that time alabama wasn't open I'm with when you. alabama opened it was a new factor that wasn't previously known and then he obviously got yeah, i'm sure he's going to get paid a shit ton oh yeah but i just like the fact that he just takes his guys with him wherever he goes yep. so he was at an nai school and maybe even a um uh, high school before that, but he still has those NAI guys with him. I know. No, that's you're awesome. right. You're right. When you get when you get a guy that's just won everywhere he's been, he's he's coveted for a reason. And and it you know, with all due respect to Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan and some of these other schools, Alabama's the fucking coup de gras, man. Well, it, 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 it's it, on the Rushmore. It's on the. It's, it is, you know, it, it, I mean that job is just so sought after. Yeah, I mean those those fans can be crazy, but not, I don't know about if they're as crazy as the Ohio State fans. They are. <laughs> they're fucking whacked out, dude. They're nuts, man. Um, but you know, so it, it it's a good cap to the season. I feel terrible for the state of Washington because in the past three weeks they've lost the national championship. They've lost their college coach for Alabama, and Pete Carroll got fired when people were like, why did he get fired? So, um, did, We'll get to that later. Did he really get fired, or did they just say it's in your best interest to take this front office job? Whatever. In your opinion, is that the same thing, basically? I think it's the same thing. Okay, they're asking it. him to leave. He, gotcha. They don't want him to be the head coach, and if he doesn't do it gracefully and voluntarily, he's going to be fired. Got you. Yeah, interesting. All right, man. Well, hey, that puts a wrap on the college football season. I'm sure over the next few months we will have some discussions regarding transfer portal NIL type stuff as it pertains to Maryland, West Virginia, um, and then the respective conferences of both of those schools. Uh, But we'll get to that as it comes up. Basically, it's kind of a a dormant period here as far as college football goes on wings, beers, and tears. (laughs) For the coaching staffs and the the recruiters and the scouts, they're they're working nonstop as always. But uh, we can put our feet up and kind of bask in the glory of the season that was. All right. Let's parlay this discussion now, talking about talent, talking about the next level, talking about the excitement that comes with um, scouting pros. Let's go to the NFL. (laughs) So Black Monday came and went. Ron Rivera, thank you for your service. Goodbye, sir. You know, go. Can you please retire? Can he just fucking put his feet up and enjoy the rest of his life? He's got a beautiful family. He's got grandkids. The guy's, in, the guy's in great shape for his age, coming off of cancer and everything else. Dude, fucking stop. You ain't, a, ain't our decision. Who cares? He's gone. Yeah, I know. But I, I, on a human level, I'm like, dude, can you just go off into the sunset now and just and just be done? Um, I would say thank you for your service, but the, the, the pile of shit that you left in the cupboard is going to take years to potentially you know, well, clean. as we said, the... Ron Rivera was his worst um, asset because <laughs> as the coach, uh, because he was maybe the worst personnel guy in the history of the organization. And that's saying a lot. It is. But 
none of his picks, none of his picks worked out. Jerry, we said it last last week on the pod. They had that stat. So after four years, after 30-some picks, four years worth of free agency, cap money, the whole nine, the man has zero pro bowlers or zero. all pro players. And, I mean, it is embarrassing. It's That's about the worst track record you could get. It, it really is. Um, and, you know, so, but, hey, look, thanks, Coach. Hope you're doing well. Hope you That's have right. a happy rest of your life. Yeah, man. Peace out, bro. Yep. Right. See you. So they they fire Rivera. And at so the this same, is Monday that yeah. this happens. And at the same time, because I'm watching the junkies, because I knew it was going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About 845, Schefter starts tweeting out all this shit, right? And the first tweet is Rivera's gone. Almost immediately, it's they're going to bring in this guy from the Golden State Warriors to right. run the search or help with the search project. Yep. Pro, uh, search party. Right? Yeah, him and then the other dude that used to be the Spielman. GM. Yeah. yeah, Spielman from Minnesota. Those That's two right. are going to be part of the search committee, mm-hmm. which came out of nowhere because at first they were reporting that Spielman was a new GM, but he was just the guy on the committee. Right. So we'll pay you 50 grand, come to my house a couple of days and interview people and ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Not a bad gig. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sign me up for that one. Thank right. you, sir. So they're on the committee with the, with three of the owners. Uh, Harris is leading it. You got Magic and, and Rails and whomever else, right? So that's the committee. Then immediately they start um, – they don't fire anybody else. So they start this search for the director of – Whatever the whatever the title was, something like personnel, pro personnel, whatever. It was a weird title. Right. And they did it because they hadn't fired the GMs. Right. They're still GMs. Mm-hmm. So you can't say you're looking for a GM when you don't have the GM. Right. Or when you already have a GM. So so the director of player personnel is what they were doing. So they interviewed five people. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday it was announced that of the five candidates, the two were there, the kid, the, the guy from – the kid. Everybody's a kid now. Uh, the guy from uh, – uh, the Bears, who we talked about, the Cunningham, Cunningham. Yep. and P- Adam Peters, um, pretty much early on, and I'm talking almost within an hour of the announcement that this guy, what's the guy's name from the Golden State Warriors? I can't think of his name. Um, Morsey or Morris or... Whatever, whoever that guy is. Yeah. Who apparently is going to be staying on even after this because if he's not going to be team president, he's going to be special advisor of it, just... He's a high-level executive that's going to help... Fill the fill the holes and hire right. personnel and yeah. give him guidance and, and exactly you know and, because he's built organizations right. you know uh, successfully I may add so um, he's going to stay on I I assume he's going to be akin to a team president I don't know what that means for Jason Wright I guess we're all going to wait and find out but um, the speculation was well he was in San Francisco when Adam Peters was in San Francisco and they were both in the sports franchises and they both went to UCLA. And they go way back, right? And so basically, you're hiring this guy. You're hiring this guy so you can hire Adam Peters. Because if he's not part of the search committee, maybe Adam Peters doesn't come here. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't get a get an interview. So right almost out of the box, everybody was like, well, Adam Peters is the front runner. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the case. Yeah. I, I think everybody I think he was the guy. They just let these other guys. They gave Cunningham the number two because if Peters wouldn't agree to their terms, they had a guy right there yep, who to exactly. negotiate. So, a little bit on Adam Peters, and it was today uh, was reported that he is going to be the GM. That's correct. And then he is going to decide who stays and who goes. Everybody may stay. Everybody may go. It's going to be completely up to him. But he's the new. My GM. gut tells me most will go. He does have a relationship with Mayhew, okay. and I think it is coming out that Mayhew during the Rivera regime was sort of the outsider. Oh, interesting. In that um, it was Marty Herney and Rivera sort of making these terrible decisions and Mayhew. (laughs) Who knows what's true, right? Sure, sure. But Mayhew and Peters go back. They have a relationship. So I presume that everybody's going to be gone, but who knows? Yep. But here's a little bit about Peters. All right, he started his NFL career as a scouting assistant for the Patriots. 2003-2004, 2003-2004, he then became a pro scout in 2005 for the Patriots and an area scout for 2006 and 2000, through 2008, won one, at least one, probably multiple Super Bowls with the Patriots. Then he joined the Broncos as a regional scout, which I assume these are all promotions, um, in 2009 and was promoted to a national scout two years later, which means I guess you're just, instead of an area, you look at these three 300 guys, you now look at everybody. Um, they, he won Super Bowls in Denver. 
Then he was promoted to the assistant director of college scouting in 2014 and then to the director of college scouting in 2016, which I think is sort of like a GM for Denver. Uh, He then joined the 49ers the following year as their vice president of player personnel, and he served in that role for the last four years where he's spent three of them as the assistant GM, which, again, I think that was a promotion. So he's, he's been with the Patriots, who's won Super Bowls, Denver, who's won Super Bowls, and uh, the 49ers who have not, but who probably have the best, if not second best, roster in the league. Um, according to Ben Standig, um, he's generally the grunt guy in terms of scouting college and pros and acquiring acquisitions. He sets up all the templates, the ranks, the players, and then Lynch and uh, Shanahan sort of. They all meet and they all determine what to do. Right. But he's like the nuts and bolts guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the he, I think he does have some negotiation skills in terms of contracts because in the agent survey that Standig did about you know who should the uh, commanders get, he was by and far the number one choice for agents. Mm. Interesting. So um, that's a good endorsement. Yeah. So yeah. so he it was highly coveted. He interviewed last year for a couple. Or at least he was requested to interview. He chose not to. Um, so I think from all accounts, this is a good hire for Washington. Now, he could fucking suck, but yep. he's never sucked before. Right. And he hasn't worked for organizations that have sucked. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty good track record. Right. And for all those people who are, uh, stra- you know, well, he did. we don't know if he's going to be again. Of course we don't. But how? unless you give him a chance, how are you ever going to know? Right. Uh, so... What I what I like about this whole process is it uh, escalated quickly. The firing came down quickly Monday morning, as everybody expected, and it was professional. And the press conference, and it was done. I like the fact that Josh Harris himself answered the questions in person at the press conference. It yes. seemed to be very uh, engaging. You know, didn't he took, shy. He took questions. That's that's exactly right. That's and, the first. And time by engaging, that- I mean he's not the greatest orator in the world, but he seemed very uh, interested. He would look the reporters in the eyes, and he, you know, there's a couple where he's like, I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, well, we'll try he, and get you that. information. He did mix up for for a billionaire. He did mix up the word inclination for orientation like several times. Huh, interesting. He said it's my orientation to go this route, but I'm flexible when it. And so some guy on Twitter said, why does he keep saying orientation when he means inclination? I'm inclined. <laughs> it's, it's my or, it's my inclination. I'm my orientation. Anyway. Um, um, I no, guess- but he, he, you know, so, so that was a breath of fresh air. And the speed with which they already had these two advisors lined up, because obviously that was a done deal ahead of time. That was a done deal ahead of time. Correct. They made the announcement. They got on board. They set up their satellite office. Everybody was saying, I guess, in Miami, where where um, well, that's his house. Yeah, oh my god, it's awesome. Yeah, it's basically a resort that he owns in Miami, and so he physically had the interviews there at his home in Miami, and everything happened very, very quickly. And now here we are, as we are recording this. This is Friday evening, so we're talking less than five business days from beginning to end. And they now have their new GM that was highly sought after. And as Jerry just read the the the, the bio on him, obviously the, the guy has progressed. Um, and when you keep progressing and you keep having success, you expect the next level of progression to continue that track record. The proof is in the pudding. And, and I said it as I walked in here this evening. I'm, I'm obviously extremely pleased with the hire because he's highly sought after. So for him to come to a shit show of an organization like the Commanders, at least that's their reputation. Obviously, they're turning the corner here. Um, That made me feel good that they were able to get a good guy. But now the work starts. Now the real grunt work starts. But this guy has the pedigree of a high-level scout. And high-level scouting, apparently, never done it myself, apparently it is grind work. Like you are traveling and you are breaking down film and you are producing reports and you are constantly updating your ledger, your table, your Excel spreadsheet, and then you're pitching all of these things to the next levels up until you eventually have a roster and and players that you can you know uh, assemble. Um, so he's done the shit work from right. the ground up and he has continued to progress. So I think he has an appreciation for that. Um, and I hope he, if he retains anyone, I hope it's because he thinks that they're worth a shit 
um, yeah. in terms of their work ethic and their acumen. Um, and if not, I hope it's a no hard feelings. And hey, I know guys that I trust to do this, and that's the way we're going. Um, but the work starts now. Um, do I think this team's going to be better off in, in 2024 next fall? Of course I do. Do I think they're going to be world beaters? No, I don't. But the NFL is not, with the small roster size and the, and the talent pool being so large, you can turn a team fairly quickly right. from a has-been to a playoff team. Right. Case in point, like I made last week, Houston Texans. They're hosting a playoff game this weekend. Are they in a weak division? Do you have all these other things? Who fucking cares? Bottom yeah. line is they were, they were the odds-on favorite to have the number one pick this year, and now they're hosting a playoff game. That's true. So, And they didn't do anything other than draft pretty well, got a good coaching staff. They got some young blood both in the front office and the coaching staff. And, and they got they lucky. They, and they got lucky. But, but you do it with good intentions, and you do it professionally, and that's the way they've started. Right. See, so I think they've hired the correct position first. Well, so here's where we go going forward. The first thing he has to do, and I assume he's going to be leading the charge, is to pick a coach. Yep. And that'll take probably a while because a lot of his candidates are in the playoffs. And, you know, you can... Well, a lot of it depends on the results this weekend, right? Well, I, I think the way you do... You know, the Rooney Rule, I believe, from what I heard on the on the radio, is you have to interview two minority candidates. They have to be in person. Um, and the candidates, if they are in the playoffs, cannot be uh, interviewed in person until after the divisional round. So... Mm-hmm. If you are targeting a coach that's in the in the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl, you're not going to be able to talk to him until after the divisional round. So, Got it. so it's going to take you know a long time. Okay, uh, several not several weeks. Um, but you know, I'm sure they're having informal. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't talk to the agents, sure, right, and say, hey, would he be interested? And let's sign. You know, yeah, put a bug in their ear and let them know. And they're that, they're know. interviewing by Zoom now, so you can interview by Zoom. You just can't do in persons, but you can't hire anybody until you have at least two African American in person interviews or your coach you want. Um, you obviously want to interview them in person. Got it. I would assume. Um, and um, you know, so it, that's not going to, but but. They have the GM in place who's going to handle that. It makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. I mean, we're, I'm putting a lot of trust in this guy. Oh, he's I, he, and, he, hey man, we just gave him all the all, all the cred and and it's well right. and well deserved. But like I said, the work starts now. He's got he's got a hell of an undertaking because right. this roster is in fucking shambles. Oh, it's it's terrible. So then you go to then you have to deal with the the first pick. Of, you know, you have the number two, number two pick, um, and. From all intents and purposes, it looks like it's going to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of reasons to do it. I mean, I went through the last podcast and I explained why any of these quarterbacks are not going to be better than Sam Howe was if he had the same team, mm-hmm. and I believe that. However, there is some business sense to do it because if you draft a quarterback, you have five years on that rookie contract. Sam Howe only has three more years, yep. uh, maybe even two. I, I, I don't know if he's going into his fourth year or third year. I think he's going into third year. But you, you have a couple more years. And so if, if for example, Drake May is, 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 is as good or better than Sam Howe is right now, but he still would, would get crushed under this um, roster, um, but at least now you have him for two extra years. I was going to say, yeah, you've got, you, you got an extra two years right. to, to, to so fluff in there. It's not just, um, it's not just you know, is he better? Because I think it's fool's gold to think that Caleb Williams would come in here and light the world on fire. Yeah. So, all right. We, God damn, we got so much to unpack here. The good news is we have a few weeks worth. We have a few more podcasts here to right. to dissect all these things as, as as everything comes out. Step one is obviously getting the coach in place, and like yep. you said, that's dependent upon quite a few dominoes that and, have to and, fall. And the 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 betters, um, who you can give stock into the how much you ever want to, right? You. The betters think it's going to be the guy from the OC from Detroit. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Yep. He's been the leader in the clubhouse the whole time, and you yep. might say, who cares? However, Adam Peters was the leader in the clubhouse the whole time, and that was right. And, right? and, and again, they didn't dick around. They hired no. him fast. So um, that gives me a little bit more credence in terms of if people consensus is they're going, it's going to be uh, this guy Johnson. Um and they, I think they do want to go um, younger, mm-hmm. fresh start guy. Like I was listening to 
the uh, reporter from the Chargers, and he said they're inclined to go to more like a Belichick mm-hmm. because they've done the young coordinators that hadn't worked out. Absolutely. And they have a roster that's more built to win now. They just need some leadership and some some. Look, you know. man, timing and fit are everything in business, in sports, in, in, in basically anything you do. You know, right. in a vacuum, you can have a wonderful um, candidate. But if the if the fit and the timing doesn't work, then it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Belichick, I think, is made for that San Diego job or the L.A. job, the Chargers job. He's made for it. He has he has a franchise quarterback already on board or Harbaugh or Harbaugh. Yeah, one of the two of them. Um, and I look, I don't want to see Belichick at the commanders in any way, shape or form. Right. It doesn't interest me. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for him. Right. The fit just doesn't work. So I hope for his sake the landing spot is either LA or Atlanta is what I've heard. Yeah. Um I could I could see those working. Um for Washington, I am really I I am very much on board with a younger, innovative, fresh set of eyes as head coach. Um I've heard the debates on either side of it. Do you hire somebody more defensive-minded and then give them the keys to the offense, or do you do, you do it the other way around? Six and one-half dozen the other for me. I do think that an offensive, innovative mind tends to have hold a little bit more water in, in today's NFL than a defensive mind does. Right. But that doesn't mean that a young defensive head coach can't uh, invigorate the team. I mean, again, look at Houston. You know, They hired a defensive minded younger guy and their offense is fucking buzzing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, now the other name I've heard floated around uh, offensively is, is Bobby Slowick. Yeah. And he um, was here back in the yep, day. Correct. Um, but the other name that keeps coming up that is interesting is that young D coordinator from the Ravens. Yeah. He's, uh, what's is it Mike it? McDonald? Mike McDonald. Yes. So, so, so there, there's yeah. three legitimate young guys. Could they be, the next Brandon Staley and fall flat on their face? Absolutely. Could they also be the next um, Kyle Shanahan or, you know, Sean McVay or Mike McDaniel and win 10, 11, 12 games their first few years? I I guess they could. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say this, though. The hiring of Peters makes Harbaugh more plausible. In what way? Because they, they were together in San Fran. Oh, that's true. That's true. They did well, overlap I, I don't know if they were together in San Fran, but, I mean, the guys from UCLA. Right. Harbaugh coached at Stanford. Yeah. Right? Okay. And he coached at um, – Okay, let me ask you this. As, as, as a fan of – because you are a fan of the Commanders. You want them to do well. Yeah, sure. Um, would you want Harbaugh as your coach? I mean, you said it. The guy's – all he's done is win. Right. Everywhere he's been. So, as a fan, um, you this is what I would expect. You would have winning records every year. Um, you would approach, you'd win one or two games in playoffs. And by year four, he would alienate himself to everybody in the <laughs> organization and he would be gone. What right? a fantastic, that, that, that is the perfect time. He would burn I, himself I out. He I burns himself more. out everywhere he goes. Yep. He, he just, he, he, he burns bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's likable at all. I think he's very difficult to like, uh, collaborate with. Right. Um, and because he's an odd guy, um, but I, I would as a fan, you know, shit's going to get better. He's never fucking lost. Yep. And you, you never take that. You're, you're the king of. I don't give a shit whether the guy's nice off the court, off the field, whatever else. <clears throat> if he's organized, if he's got his assistants doing exactly what he wants, if he's getting the most out of the talent. Um, if he's swinging for the fences on certain players and he's hitting more often than not, I mean, shit, dude. Wouldn't you take as a, a, these diehard Commanders fans that still have their season tickets and they still go out and they tailgate and they and they, they just bleed the burgundy and gold, right? Yeah. I don't think they give a shit if, no. if ornery Jim Harbaugh is sitting in the press conference. If you tell them, hey, man, we're going to go 10-7 and seven next year and, and yeah. you know get second in the division and have a wild-card playoff game, they would take that in a heartbeat. As a person... I do not like Jim Harbaugh. I don't think he's a good guy. I think he's a bad guy. Um, but I have always said, and I've said this for decades, sports are entertainment to me. I don't give a shit. Don't commit felonies. Right. Don't hurt anybody. But I don't give a shit if you're a good guy or a bad guy. I don't give a shit if these players at West Virginia, at Maryland, 
and uh, certainly the pros, I don't really care if they're good guys or bad guys because it doesn't affect me. I don't know them. I'm never going to meet them. Right. Right. I don't really care if Neil Brown gets fired or not. I don't care if he's happy or he's sad. I just want him to win on Saturday. <laughs> right. I don't really care if Pat White's a good kid or a bad kid. I don't care if he treats people well or he's an asshole. Win on Saturday. They provide entertainment to me, nothing more. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't care about their opinions on anything other than winning. Right. Right. I don't care what they think about music, sports, politics, whatever. Doesn't affect me one because they're not important in that aspect. Right. Uh, coaches uh, included. But um, so as a fan, I do see the uh, upside of bringing in Jim Harbaugh because I think he'd win more than uh, I think he'd win more than Johnson would. Okay. Um, I think and I think he'd win more than McDonald would because he's done it before. Mm-hmm. Right. There is some value to that. Um, I don't think. Uh, I'm not sure he's interested in something like this because I think he's done it before. So he's interested in, I mean, if, if you can go to the chargers and you have your franchise quarterback on a long-term deal and you know, you're not going to be there for 10 years, right? You're going to be there for a short period of time. You want to, you want to go in with the clock or with the, you know, you're not, we don't want to be a rebuild. So that's where I was going to go with, with hardball, Belichick, even a guy like Pete Carroll, if he comes back in the game, they're they're. I don't know. I don't know what he brings to it, but yeah, they're going to want to go. But but I think they fit the same mold that you just described. They're wanting, they want to go somewhere where some key positions are established. I would be very surprised if Jim Harbaugh really legitimately wanted to go uh, to Washington if he has an offer from a team like uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless the money's substantially more. Yeah, and, and, and it sounds like the going rate for these coaches now is kind of the industry standard. Like yeah. They're, they're going to get what they're going to get. He's going to get what he gets. Exactly. Um, so I'm with you. I, I uh, Look, man, I don't like the guy. I think he's a little bitch, but, you know, he wins everywhere he goes. He would win. And he would win here. He would, he would win, win here. here. Um, there's, there, I don't think there's any debating that. Um, yeah, so ultimately this decision falls on Peters and his crew. Um, uh, and as he assembles his staff of assistant GMs and per- player personnel guys and whatever else, they're going to figure out who can we work with to assemble the roster and give them the most tools to be successful. Um, my vote would be, again, a young, unproven, first-time head coach who's hungry as shit. That's just – I think the NFL coaching game right now is a young man's game. That's just my opinion. And I'd like to see him go that direction. Um, yeah, the guy's name is Bob Myers, by the way. And Bob, Bob Myers. Myers. Okay. Bob I was Myers, close. I was close. Yeah, Bob Myers was an executive um, in uh, San Francisco when Harbaugh was there. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about Peters, Myers, and Harbaugh, all from the San Francisco area who probably were in professional organizations um, who probably know each other. Maybe, maybe Myers was brought on to get Peters and Harbaugh. Hmm. I don't know. That's what some people were speculating. Interesting. Because why do you keep Myers on if he's now that you have your GM? Right. But who knows? I'd be, I'd be surprised if Jim Harbaugh knows what he wants to fucking do. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, he could, he could I, wake up one day like, I don't want, I want to stay in Michigan. Right. Right. Um, nah, it's going it, to, you know, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be interesting. Um, but thank God that we have, in my opinion, an upward trajectory of where the organization now is going. They finally have this sense of direction. They're starting fresh. They're getting new people in, um, younger, new people who really seem to understand the league, the game, the players, and how everything works in the salary cap era. Um, and I'm excited, you know. Um, Again, I've I've always used the term. It's kind of a curse to be a Washington fan. You know, yeah. that's what it has felt like for so long. I'm fortunate enough that I can remember the most recent Super Bowl. You know, I can remember Mark Rippon and and that team in '91. You know, I was 12 years old, but I, I can remember it. You know, that was fun. That was a long fucking time ago, though. Long fucking time ago. You know, and it's not like they've been decent. They've been pretty bad most of the years. Since that time. So you're talking 30 plus years of, of being in the bottom half of the league and sometimes the bottom third. Mm-hmm. That's not a whole lot of fun as a fan, man, um, especially when it's the biggest ticket item out there as far as sports entertainment goes. Right. Um, all right. So you want to turn our attention to the uh, the wild card weekend? Yes. All right. Let's do it, man. So it's I love crazy fucking weather, dude. I love wild card weekend. I'm going to be honest. I usually love like the snowy cold weather games. 
I'm not really looking forward to a couple of these. No, because uh, it's like the well, we we can go down, but like if if it's snowing like 12 inches, 13 inches in Buffalo, and it's 50 below in Kansas City, you're just gonna have bad football. It, it right. There's gonna be no tackling, <laughs> drop balls. 16 10 games you know it's not gonna be it's just gonna it's gonna kill the the mojo it will all right so let's go in order of the entertainment for the weekend so tomorrow saturday wild card saturday we get a double header 4 30 you have the cleveland browns at the houston texans interesting matchup man um texans upstart nobody thought they would be here cj stroud definitely way better than anybody thought he was going to be especially in his first year um and they're hosting a playoff game. And you have the Joe Flacco-led <laughs> Cleveland Browns. How the fuck? See, this is where... Father time, dude. This is where coaching in the NFL does fucking matter. Yes, personnel is clearly very, very important. And Cleveland had a decent roster. They were riddled with injuries and underperforming he's stars. Their, he's their fourth fucking quarterback. Yep. I mean, their and defense they is won 11 games. Yeah. I mean, literally, if you watch a Cleveland game... Every pass he throws can be picked off. Yeah. He's I think he's more lucky than good. Dude, the arm strength's not there. It yeah. looks like he's playing in slow motion. And he just throws shit up. He does. He and does. It's mo- sometimes they come down. But here's what's know. interesting. You know, Cleveland's a point and a half favorite at Texas, at, at Houston. Well, yeah, because I don't think Houston's any good. No, but they can score. Not on Cleveland. Eh, maybe right, not. Is that the first game on the docket? That is the first game tomorrow. Uh, here's how I see it. I see I, I'm going to pick Cleveland by 10. Maybe even fourteen. Wow. Uh, I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick Cleveland by ten. I think it's going to be twenty-seven, seventeen. I think that Cleveland will handle this game fairly easily because their defense. Mm-hmm. I think Houston will score late to get it within ten. Um, but I, I just think Cleveland's too much for them. Uh, I think that Houston, the the stage might be a little bit too big. The competition's a little bit better. Uh, they're going to have some turnovers, some mistakes. And I think Cleveland's going to win handily. All right, I'm going to go and upset a little bit of an upset on this one. I think I think Flacco's luck's going to run out. I think Cleveland is by far the better team, especially defensively. Um, but if Houston can get a couple decent big plays in the first half, put up a couple points, I don't know if Cleveland can can score with them. Maybe I mean um, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go a lower scoring game, but I'm going to say Houston 21, Cleveland 16. Okay. Yeah, something something interesting right, like so that. So that's our first disagreement. That's our first one. <laughs> um, all right, game number two, and this is the first of the cold weather games of the weekend. We got the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're saying this could be one of the top five coldest games ever played in the NFL. Tua, no fucking thank you. Tua has never won. When it's been forty uh, degrees or when below. When it's been forty degrees or below, I think that's going to continue. I think the uh, Dolphins, this could be fifty degrees colder than that. Yeah, it's I think crazy. The Dolphins are going to struggle. Um, I think Cleveland's. I mean, I think Cleveland. I think uh, Kansas City's going to win twenty to ten, and maybe a snooze fest, poorly played game. That it's nobody's fault. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because on paper this looks like a good one, but again, it's not Kansas City in August where it's you right. know seventy five and sunny. And when, you know, when it was announced, I was like, that's the game to watch, which now, is why it's the late game on Saturday. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right, so we're going to go with that one. I think Kansas City wins. Pretty uh, handily, and, yeah. and, and I, I don't think it's a good brand of football either. I'm with yeah. you, you know, snooze fest. Yeah. Um, and by the way, this is the controversy in the uh, entertainment world. This game is on Peacock. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? What the fuck, man. I mean, the NFL's <laughs> got to stop with the fucking shenanigans. Uh, hey, man, at least it's not streaming on like Amazon Prime where it, where it glitches every 10 seconds. I mean, there um, should be a fucking national uproar over yeah, this. I know. Now, most How does like, the NFL Network not have that game? Most like, likely, I'll be going to a bar, which I'll have, I'm sure I'll have it on. Sure. But if not, and people can't watch it, what the fuck? Oh, it's it, 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 no, that's an eyesore. That, 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 that's a big I just faux think pas. It's, it's so fucking just bad. It's a bad look. It is a bad look. Okay. Um, so we both think Kansas City yeah. tomorrow night. All right. Game one on Sunday of your triple header Sunday, wild card Sunday. We got <laughs> we got your Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. I'm uh, the biggest Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> I, I do not. I can't. I can't fucking listen to 
these trash Steelers fans anymore. They're all a bunch of fucking idiots. I mean, they lucked in, right? They played the Ravens where, like, you and I were next to come I off know. the fucking bench, right? And they're still wearing – they're waving those terrible towels with all their signs. Oh, it's – it's. Uh. I'm going to say Buffalo is going to trounce them. I'm going to say it's 24 to 10, and then the watch will be on as to whether or not Mike Tomlin steps down. I can't see him doing it. I know. But uh, that's the rumor anyway. Uh, I'm going to say Buffalo 24-10. All right. Uh, I think Buffalo wins as well. I'm going to go a little more lopsided. I'm going to go 28-6. I don't think Pittsburgh can get out of their own way offensively. Yeah, I mean, Mason Rudolph's not going to do anything. No. I'd be surprised if he um, does anything. But, again, as much as I cannot stand the city of Pittsburgh, and it's the whole city. I think it's just a shit city. Everybody's yeah, like, oh, just, it, it had its heyday. I'm every, like, you know what? Its heyday sucked, too. Like, it's everybody's like, city. we won five Super Bowls. Yeah, motherfucker. Like, they were smoking on the sidelines back then. There were like 12 teams. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, you yeah. had 150-pound guards. Yeah. You really want to count the Terry Bradshaw fucking Super Bowls that were 60 years ago? Right. Jesus. Yeah, so um, as much as I hate them, Mike Tomlin. Oh, he's a stud. Ju- just yeah. an absolute fucking monster. If he is on the free agent market, and, and if he, by the way, if he steps down, you can't get him. Because he's still property of Pittsburgh. So you'd have to give up a draft pick. Oh, so he needs to be terminated and or released. Which isn't going to happen. Which isn't going to happen. No. So. All right. So I'm going to go. Yeah. So I get, uh, we, we both have Buffalo in that one. Now it's yet to be determined whether there's actually going to be snow or not. It looks like. Um, oh, I thought it was supposed to snow. It, that, that was the original forecast. It might come in later that day. But either way, it's going to be windy. They're, they're saying whether it's snowing or not, they're talking 40, 50 mile an hour wind gusts. But I will tell you this. Both of those cities are built. For games like this, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. This is not. Uh, I, I'm, this ain't Miami. Nope. Right? Nope. Um, all right. So the the middle game on Sunday, you have the Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. This is an interesting game. Yeah, I mean, here's what gives me happiness <laughs> is the thought of Dallas choking one more time at home, dude. And the pressure's on for them. But the- I just, I just don't know if if that. You're right. They do have all the pressure. But they're clearly a better team. Oh my god, they're they're. I mean, they're a hair away from being the one seed in the in yeah. the NFC. And, so and you know, Green Bay is one of those teams. When I got on, I was like, "Fuck!" I didn't even know they were in the running. I know. And I just assumed they weren't any good. I know. Um. So I mean, Jordan Love's had a had a pretty good year. Look, um, man, he's he's clearly cemented himself as an NFL starter. Now, what echelon he is in, we have no idea. He's still. had a good year, but he yeah, has absolutely. had a good year. Um. That team has actually been quite impressive, in my opinion, in, in terms of being able to grind out victories. Right. You know? And for a, a long time in there, in October and November, they weren't even in, like when the NFL Network would show, you know, who's in the running, they weren't even on the list. Yeah, that's why I was saying. When they, you know? they made it. But they just, they slowly chipped away and won games that they shouldn't have. The, the big win for them was honestly at Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. And everybody thought, yeah. Oh well, you know, whatever. Detroit's going to win the division by, but that wasn't the point. Detroit was going to win the division, and they were clearly better. But Green Bay was like, "Hey, we can go toe to toe with these guys," and that I think gave them the belief factor. As much as I would love it, uh, I'm going to say Dallas twenty eight fourteen. Yeah, I think Dallas wins. I think it's going to be close, and I think Dallas fans are going to, you know, their assholes are going to pucker a little bit. But I'm going to go Dallas thirty one twenty seven. It would not shock me to watch Dallas choke. Because that's traditionally what Dallas does. Look, man, Mike McCarthy, and this is the other thing, right? Mike McCarthy, his ex-team, the Green Bay Packers. Packers coming in. You got all the little drama along the side. God, I love the NFL. The script writers get yeah. it right every year, man. It's like the <laughs> WWF. <laughs> it really is, man. Vince McMahon pulling the strings right. back there. Um, but yeah, no, I think unless unless Dallas, unless Dak like completely implodes, unless Mike McCarthy just, you know, I don't know. Here's there's a sale at the buffet after the game, and you know wants to get out of there. I think Dallas is so talented that they win that game just on sheer talent alone. Well, the longer the game goes, the tighter Dallas will get because yep. they could say, "Here we go again." That's right. So if they either fall behind by two scores or they are behind in the fourth quarter in any amount, I think the the pucker factor may. No doubt, may may, may show its man. ugly head on da- Sure, Dallas. man, you're hosting a playoff game and you're the the formidable favorite again, and you're just thinking, how many times have we choked this away, dude? We're Caps fans. How many times did we choke away home ice advantage? We ain't got to worry about that this year. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So we both had the Cowboys in that game. Moving on, the Sunday night game. <clears throat> Is the Rams at the Lions? And I think this is a sneaky good game. I won't watch it because by that time I'll have so much fatigue in football. <laughs> you will watch it because you're I'll a sucker. Watch, I mean, uh, I'll watch some of it. I think uh, Dan Campbell's just a big meathead. I love him. He is. Um, 
look, man, Detroit is uber talented. Um, the, I kind of like them. I, I like their story a little bit. But too. here's the kicker for me, man. Sean McVay has been there, done that. And Detroit has all the pressure. They've got all the pressure. This not, is the last team that they wanted to see in this matchup. Well, they, I don't know if they – I think any team that they saw in this matchup would be tough because those mother – I mean, this is a struggling city that has never won. I know. Right? It's not like Dallas just is – And I think this choking. is their first home playoff game that they're going to obviously host in and they're over playing 30 Stafford. years. I know. So could you lion just, just the fucking sheer – Depression well, that would happen if you're a Lions fan if you lose this game. Well, we just talked about the pucker factor in in Dallas because they're such a haughty fan base. Detroit is such a proud fan base. You're right. I mean, like all the good vibes from the season go away if you lose this first game. Yep. You can lose the second game. You can lose the second game and have some. You know, we want a playoff game. We're building. But if you go in and you lose at home to mm-hmm. a Rams team who's not any good, that's, again, coaching matters. Sean McVay is a damn good coach, man. With that said. I'm going to take Detroit 21-20. I am going to go the upset. Oh. I am going to go Rams 24-21 on a last-second field goal. And I think that the way that happens, it just breaks their heart. Um, I am not advocating for that. I am actually rooting for the Lions. I really like um, I really like the, the proud. The way they play, I think, reflects the city and the fan base. They have this blue collar work ethic, and they've got some skill guys, um, and they've got they've got the talent, man. Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs are young, fucking yes. budding stars, right. and 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 that, that I think and that's Goff, the difference maker. Goff is, is he's well, no well, rookie. Well, here's an either. interesting one too. You got Goff and Stafford that have flip flopped, have flip flopped, and both are, are successful. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see a good game. And look, that's the last game of the weekend before we get to the Monday game, and it's indoors, and I think it's a really even matchup. Although. Uh, it is an even matchup because Detroit's only favored by three at home. So it's yeah. basically a pick em yeah, game. It's a pick em game. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'm only picking the Rams almost to be a little bit, uh, <laughs> almost to be a little argumentative. I don't actually think they're going to win, but right. I, could, I could see it happening. Right. You know, they're savvy. Um, all right. So the wild card weekend wraps up with a Monday night game, uh, and it is Philly at Tampa. Um, and I think this is a stinker, personally. Yeah, t- t- Philly is just falling off the face of the earth. Tampa's just not good. Um, as a game, I think it is going to be a, a poorly played game. Absolutely. Um, even though Tampa's at home, I just think Philly's going to have enough to win. It's going to be ugly. I'm going to say Philly 16, Tampa 10. Yeah, I'm going to go Philly. I'm going to go Philly 24, 17. Although, again, I'm going to be cheering for Tampa. Me too. Me too. But I think I think Baker will throw a couple of his epic interceptions. Right. I, Look, Hertz is going to fumble. He always fumbles. You know, he'll fumble a couple. And they times can't stop anybody right now. They cannot. I mean, well, their it, confidence is just completely shot it, on defense. They can't stop shit. And if Baker gets in one of his grooves, maybe he can make something happen. I'm just not betting on it. So no, I'm, I, I'm I, betting on that. Neither offense gets in a groove. I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, man. So that's our NFL talk. Um, and then w- based on these divisional or these wild card games, uh, divisional weekend, the following weekend, we'll have the Ravens and we'll be able to preview that next week. And the Ravens play the lowest remaining seed. Correct. So, so, so if Pittsburgh beats Buffalo, they play Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, honestly, I don't, I don't even want to speculate who they're going to play. I say we just right. wait until the, you see who they sure. get because, sure. you know, on paper, and, and the way they're playing, nobody can touch the Ravens right now. Right. They're, they're fucking on fire. The only thing that can hurt them is themselves at well, this point. Well, they also have the playoff jinx and the Mar jinx. We could talk they about do. that later. They do. They do. All right. So let's uh, let's take it down to uh, – well, let's talk a, a little bit of Terps basketball real quick. Um, all right. As we stand <laughs> today so, – hey, Dante Scott's still on the team. I didn't know if you knew that, but – He had a huge second half last night. What the fuck? Where'd he come from? What did I say – Early in the season, I said he'll have one or two of those games this year where he just lights it up on fire, and you're like, "What the hell was that?" And then he'll just completely disappear for five or six games at a time. Now he pretty much has been disappearing the entire season, so I don't know what got into him last night, but he put up 20 in the second half last night. Um, so here's here's a quick recap: Maryland is 10 and six. Don't let that record fool you; they're not very good, um, and something is 
just broken I'm with fucking, this team. I'm fucking stunned. I am shocked. I'm stunned. And and the thing that doesn't really give me much uh, uh, help in this is the fact that Kevin Willard looks stunned. I mean, I heard him say, I guess we have to design more plays where they're more wide open. Meaning, we can't fucking shoot. They're wide open. They're missing wide open shots consistently. So my theory on college basketball is, if you're one of those top 50 or 60 teams, in terms of the big conferences, right, mm-hmm. you, you recruit very similarly. Everybody has players that can play. All else being equal, you're prob- probably going to be shooting low to mid 40s at home, high 30s, low 40s on the road, in terms of percentage. What do you do to get extra chances? Rebounds, free throws, turnovers, pressure. Just have more shots than the other team. And at the end of the day, the law of averages will probably even out. And if you're one of the better teams, you're, you're, you, will, you will rise to the top. This Maryland team has defied the odds. They are historically bad shooting. So when they go 25% in the first half, normally you would go, oh, they're going to shoot in the mid-50s in the second half and it's going to come up to the high 30s. They don't do that. They finish the game and they're 31% or whatever. Last night was the first time they flipped the script. They were 28% in the first half, and they were 52% in the second half. They win the game. Right. First time all year that's happened. And, and when I say first time, I mean first time against a real team. Um, they are just historically bad. Apparently last night, and by the way, there was only 12,000 people there last night. I know. There was nobody there. Michigan's terrible, too. Michigan is now 6-10. and 10. Yeah, they lost Dickerson and Dickinson and, and a couple other dudes. And- yep. So... So just a bad environment, bad everything. Apparently, at one point last night, Maryland was 3 for 13 to start the game, and they were 0 for 7 from 3, and the student section started chanting, stop shooting threes. <laughs> so I don't understand how they're not better. I, I don't get it, Jerry. They have experienced players who have had success. Um, they've been in these games before. Um, I just assume that they they're there to – get a paycheck, and they don't really care about playing with each other. They maybe not like each other, and they just don't give a shit. Right. That's sort of what it's – It's they don't care, right? They don't care. So um, they may care, you know, during a game if, sure. if something happens and they may sure. show emotion, but they don't care at practice, and they, they're not putting that extra work. And mm. that, that's sort of – my take. I'm speculating, but that's sure. the only reasonable explanation I can come up with. All right. Because this is a top 20 roster. Should be. Absolutely should be. Yeah. All right. Here's my theory on it. And you can just call me a complete asshole and say I'm completely off base. And I'm going to make an analogy to the Caps. Mm-hmm. These two teams are very similar, in my opinion. Their margin for winning is very, very slim. They have to do pretty much everything right. And when they do, their wins are by the skin of their teeth. So last night, Maryland has a good second half, shitty first half, but they did more right than wrong. They had to grind it out, but it still came down to the last couple possessions. That's as good as it's going to get for them. Mm-hmm. When they don't hit those couple threes in the second half, when they turn it over a couple more times, they don't lose by six or seven. They lose by 16 or 17. So when they're not on their game with that margin for error to win, they're getting blown out. But they're never getting the benefit on the other side of the blowout. They're not going to win they're not going to beat a Michigan State team by 15. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So they go into every game knowing, I got to do everything right. And if we do everything right, we're just going to squeeze by with a win. That's kind of a shitty way to go about a long grind of a season. It's the way I kind of feel about the Caps right now. Well, they I do, do everything right, and they win 3-2. I do agree with you about the Caps, but again, uh, for Maryland, so I think what you're saying is it's you, you, they have to be kind of lucky. They have to be playing well, and if they're playing well and they're lucky and the ball's going in the basket as opposed to rolling out, uh, then they can win a close game. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, if they're not lucky and uh, you know the shots are not falling, they're going to lose by 15. And, and, and see, there's the difference. Instead of looking up in the second half and going, shit, we're down three, we've hit some shots, they look up and they go, oh, we're down 13. Oh, Jesus. We're, I don't not, th- we're not climbing out of this hole. I don't think it's luck. I don't think they – I think they just – there's. There's something wrong with this team. I think the kids don't want to play. I don't think they're playing hard. I don't think they're practicing hard. I don't think they're giving effort. And I don't. And I think Willard's getting very frustrated. Hmm. Um, but you well, have, that would that would lead to his frustration. If for you sure. have senior leadership that's not willing to put the time in, um, and those are the guys. Now, maybe not all of them, um, but those are your be- your best players are are sort of 
not really giving a fuck, mm-hmm. um, which is what I think. I think that's why you have these losses. It's not luck. It's guys just not putting in effort. Yeah, I guess I, I guess my theory there, it wasn't luck. It was even even good players that they are, they're, they don't get the benefit of going, man, when we're clicking tonight, we're going to win this game by 15. Well, you're just, I think we, maybe not luck, but you're just saying their talent is not as high as I think it is. No, I, I, I do. But, so. but, but, but there's something missing because when you have a talented roster like this, you should be able to I beat think a bad Michigan team by 20. Yeah, I think it's heart. Um, and, heart and, and desire. And, and, and that's where I wanted you to fill in. So I, 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 yeah. I, again, I don't know the answer, so I'm not going to discount anybody's theories It'd on it. would be interested to see what Mitch thinks. I know. Because he follows the team. Oh, he does. I mean, you follow the team too, but he really follows the team. And well, he, he gets pissed off. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to tell, like, but you're right. I'd like to get him on next week, maybe or a week after and just, and, and hear what he has to say about it. Cause I'll be honest as, as big a Maryland fan as I am, he has been at almost every big game the last, what, 30 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, so he's seen the ups and downs and everything else. I'd like to get his take on it. I mean, my opinion is, is a complete indictment on the program, the coaching staff and the players. So hmm. my opinion is the worst outcome it could be. Guys just not really caring, came back for the NIL money, and they're not willing to put the extra work in, and they don't really care if they – I mean, they, they want to win because everybody wants to win, but they're not really – they don't want to win on practice days. Right. Um, that is my theory. Um, that's, the, that's the only thing I can conclude based on what you see. Um, if I'm right, that's a big fucking problem. The easier yes. thing to do is, like, this just ain't our year. Right. Maybe these kids are injured that we don't know about, and they're fighting right. through stuff. That could be possible, too. Sure. But mostly, most of the time, like guys like Jeff Ehrman will sort of float that. Yeah. It's like, hey, Juju's got a bad back. Yep. You know, he's sitting out of practice. It's funny you bring Ehrman up because he he's one that – because he's not a sky-is-falling guy. He's right. more of an analytical guy, and and he's the one I got a lot of those, those numbers from. He's like, the numbers just don't make sense. He goes, I, I watch the games. I look at the, the box score. I'm looking at everything. I'm going, how is it possible that this many different good shooters can all be bad all at the same time consistently? Yeah. You know, because on this team, you've got plenty of you got plenty of open looks from three. Now, again, last night, Scott caught fire from the outside. Jameer hit a couple. Kaiser hit a couple of the freshmen. But in the first half, I want to say they were one for 13 from three. So Ehrman oh, oh. said – or maybe it wasn't him, but maybe somebody that Scott got a like a a burr in his spur because some guy from Michigan like mean mugged him hmm. right after some play and it really got him going. Why the fuck can't you do that? If that's true, <laughs> I know. if that's true, then then that like and obviously the highlight. Did you see it made Sports <laughs> Center top ten? His uh, poster dunk last night. Yeah, yeah. You but know, it's but, like, but where? But, but to your point, where has that edge? Like, why been can't you do that game? against nice guys? Yeah. Like guys that are respectful of Why you. Why couldn't you have done that last week against Minnesota? Exactly. When you were up by double digits and then pissed that game away. So that's what I'm, you know, that's, anyway. We'll see how it goes. They're 10 and 6. They got to go on a heater to make the tournament. Yeah, and it just doesn't look like it, it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I mean, again, the Big Ten basketball isn't what it used to be, but every team is still competitive. And, I mean, they got to go on the road to Illinois on Sunday. Illinois is number 10 in the country. They're not going to win that game on the road. They're, they got to hope that they keep that game in single digits. Yeah, for for morale purposes, um, and and that's kind of disheartening um, because Illinois is good and they're in the top twenty five every year. How do they reload every single year? It's fucking Illinois. I know. You know, I mean, come on. Maybe their players just want it more. Right. Could be. Could be. Um, and and look, man, I like Willard. I think he's a good dude. So do I. Think, I. I, think I think he, I, I think he's he generally what, frustrated. He is. He absolutely is. Uh, but this is the big leagues, man. <laughs> this isn't this isn't the the new Big East. This is the old school Big Ten. Um, and you you, you got to come and compete every single night. Um, and they're you know right. They're not doing it every time. So it's just disheartening being a Maryland fan and being being proud of this. You know. You know, when they do the Maryland pride thing at the games and everything else, yeah. you know, it's just we're a far cry from from, from so many from of those Gary guys. Williams. Yeah, oh, it's tough, All right, man. So the caps, Todd. All right, we got like two minutes, Jerry. Yeah. So Darcy <laughs> Kemper, not very good. He's I, I, he's just not having a good year, Jerry. I watched the first two goals last oh, night. They're and bad. That, that first one, he just he went to like a it was a clean shot. I know. Had a clean vision. It was. Short. It was short side. It was, it, and he went 
It's inexcusable. Yeah. It's inexcusable. He he clearly does not have a lot of confidence. He doesn't he does have not. his mojo. Um, so and again, for a team that works on small margins, you can't give up two easies, well, man. I they, mean, well, yeah, th- that's true. But the Caps do have like ninety-five goals. Isn't that pathetic? And the Rangers have like what one sixty or something yeah. like that. I mean, it's, oh, it's I think crazy. we're like forty goals behind the yeah. next team in our division. That's insane. In fucking insane. Like I think the only team we have. More goals than are the fucking Blackhawks by yeah. like, by like five or yeah. ten or something like that. Yeah, so obviously you cannot have any sort of fuck ups by the goalie. Nope, no bad games or you're not going to have a chance. Um, and you're right, that is an awful recipe for disaster. It is, man. They're in a, they're in a tough stretch right now, Jerry. And I said last week, my phrase was, I just don't think they're that good. I don't they, think they, so either. I think Carberry's doing an amazing job just to keep them competitive. Um, but I think that that's going to wear on them as the season goes on. Um, they may be in the mathematically uh, playoff eligible up until February or March, but I think the reality is there's just going to be too many teams to leap. Like, I don't think they're a playoff team this year. Why can't they score? I don't know. I really don't know. Like I'm having a hard time. A big part of Clearly it is... Clearly their skills have diminished. Well, a big part of it is they're big skill guys, and I'm going to start with Kuzi, is he's an enigma. He's, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a no-show. Right. And then you've got Oshi in and out of the lineup constantly. Um, a guy like Sonny Milano, who's a 15, 16 goal scorer, he's been out for, what, a month? Um, Rasmus Sandin's a big, young, puck-moving defenseman. He's on IR right now. I yeah. mean, this team cannot afford injuries, and they've got them. But even even if they were playing, these guys wouldn't be scoring much. No. Even, they, even when nah. they're playing, they're not scoring. Yeah, I don't, I don't get like, it, man. And talk about a frustrated coach. I mean, Carberry said it. He's like, we cannot score goals. Can't score. I mean, he's it, extremely frustrated. He is. So, um, and, and there's no change that can be made. No. You know? And no, I there's not going to be a quick right? switch. And So, basically... Um, what I have learned is while we have some good players with some good upside uh, and they're young, they're not going to be Ovechkin and they're probably not going to be Backstrom and they're probably not even going to be Kuzi when he was desiring to play. Um, they're going to be maybe some good teams that you can, maybe some good players on some decent teams, some fill-in players, but right now they don't have any stars. And some guys that can take over shit. I mean, if I'm, I'm looking at the fucking stats right now. Ovechkin still leaves a team uh, with 27 points, cause, but that's because Strom is on his fucking line, right? Well, I mean, Ovi's a passing machine right now. Yeah, so... Which doesn't help him get, get Gretzky's record, so... Strom has 15 goals, leads the team. Wilson has 11. Mantha has 11. Mm-hmm. But those are early. I, don't, I mean, I haven't heard Mantha's name much lately. Is, is he hurt? Yeah, he got okay. dinged up again. And that's why. Ovechkin's got eight. McMichael's got seven. Kuznetsov has six. Dowd has six. Uh, but these are fourth line guys, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Ube Kubel. I don't know how to say his name. Ube Kubel. Yeah, yeah. he's four. Malastrine, four. Carlson, three, which is low for him. Yeah. Protus, who everybody was saying was great. Three. Yeah, but he's got a ton of assists. Yeah, I get it. Ferravari's got a Lapierre. By the way, you hate assists. You don't just hate secondary assists. You hate I, main assists. You know what? And I, I don't want, know why. I want fucking goals. That's I get I it, want. Jerry. So, you know how many goals are scored without assists? Like 1%. I get it. There's get so it. few unassisted goals in the NHL. So Do your fucking work. Do your so homework, Jerry. I, I, you know, when you, when you see the – I mean, you have top six guys with like three goals. I know. I that's know. that's fucking crazy. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Like I would think that. Uh, La, I mean, is Lapierre been? He's been up with the big club for. No, he's only played twenty one games. Yeah, man, he's he's still in his little flight pattern up and down. So, of the games, right? Protus has three goals. He's played thirty eight games. Um, Malastin has four goals. He's played thirty nine games. Obviously, he's a fourth line guy or third line guy. Right? Dowd has has six games with thirty. That's I guess probably on average. Kuznetsov's played thirty five games. Has six. That's the killer. Um, McMichael thirty seven games seven. Not great for someone who's first round pick. Ovi thirty nine games eight goals. Obviously, everybody knows that. It's just I don't know. It's look, man. It's frustrating. Uh, they are what they are, and we're almost halfway through the season. 
I don't think we're going to see this big turnaround. Everybody's like, oh, it's going to click. It's going to click. What's going to click? Ovi's a career 15% shot shot percentage. Yeah. He's at five. I know. Fucking crazy. Again, if the law of averages has any any, uh, say in it, you will see a correction here in the second half of the year. I'm not counting on it. And Carlson has 3.5%. I'm not counting on it, Jerry. I mean, these guys have great shots. I'm not counting on it, I'm man. Not, I'm not counting on it either. Look, man, it's a frustrating year. My my goal is the following. Keep the units together, cohesive, yeah. keep them playing hard. Keep fighting for that eighth playoff spot. That's fine. Um, Unless you get the top pick in the NHL, I've said this before, the, the picks three through 25 are pretty much the same. It's yeah. just a matter of who you're going after, how long you want to wait on them, uh, what sort of organizational uh, commitment you want to make. You're not getting better overnight through the draft unless you get the top pick. With that being said, they're going to need to get creative in free agency, and it starts at this trade deadline. And I'm going to be really interested to see what McClellan, what, what leash he is given this year and his relationship with Carberry, because if he goes in and says, hey, man, do you want to punt right now on 2023, 20, 20, 2024? Let's go ahead and get as many fucking assets as we can. Let's go out and let's get some young guys and let's retool this thing. If Carberry's on board, I'm cool too. Yeah. You know? I'm cool, I'm cool too. That's but a smart if person. Carberry's like, dude, this is my first shot in the NHL, I want to I get as many fucking points as possible. I don't give a shit if we have to scratch and claw our way to 90 points and just miss out on the playoffs. I want that feeling of chasing that eighth seed. All right. I think you because have to. These, I, these young kids may want that feeling. Exactly right. right. So, so I'm interested as a fan of the sport and of my team to really see how they're going because we haven't seen this in 10, 12, 13 years. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm with you, man. Longer La- ago than Last that. night was, was a disappointment. Oh, my God. I mean, Wilson didn't play. I get it, but you can't rely. You, you got to step up. There's got to be guys that step because up as and bad, play with fucking energy. As bad as the two goals were that Kemper gave up. And by the way, they only had 23 shots on goal, they scored four goals. No shit. That's an eight thirty save percentage. Like it was, it was Jerry, seven to two in shots, and they had a goal. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And it was Jerry, a terrible goal. Jerry, that's like fucking like might hockey. Right. You know, I mean, that's just not fucking good enough at the NHL level. With all that being said, we scored one fucking goal. Got to score one goal. I, I mean, that's not good enough. And in the third period, it was like they were just trying to skate away. The they, only game. Had, they only they only had eight shots on goal in the third. Yeah, uh, yeah it's well. I mean, like Carberry was he he doesn't pull punches. No. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, obviously, uh, the Rangers game, this is a big fucking game. If they can't get up to play well at home against the best team Fuck in, yeah, in man. the division, the, guy, they're, the guys they hate, um, if they come in and get steamrolled in, you can just see shit rolling. Because yeah. it, it's a bad trend right now. It is. It is. And I guess Lindgren's got to – Lindgren's your guy. If he can go, you're, he's your guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kemper, I Kemper needs to sit and get his confidence back or something. Man, well, I mean, you, you know. if you have any chance to make a run, you got to go with the guy who's just better. And right now, Lindgren's better. Yep, and he's just not healthy. Yeah. He hadn't been in. I know. But um, he's back now. He is. He is. So, I think he gets the net this weekend and, uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, if they can get a win against the Rangers, he's your number one. I think so. Yeah. I think so. That's my opinion anyway. All right, man. All right, brother. Well, that was a good one, man. We had a lot to unpack, and I think we did pretty good, and uh, we'll get back at it next week. All right. See you, man. All right. Wings, beers, and tears. Peace.